I'd like to take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 8. Verse 25 on to verse 28. I'm just in time going to ask you to please read this for me, um, Sister Jacinta. Exodus chapter 8, verses 25 through 28. Please join me in standing. Exodus chapter 8, verse 25 to 28. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will not they stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, as he shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. Thank you very much, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts, and I'd like you to send your thoughts on the phrase found there in verse 28, and Pharaoh said, I will let you go, and you may go and sacrifice unto your Lord, your God, in the wilderness. Only he shall not go very far. Father in heaven. We ask your blessings upon your word. Now, dear Lord, we pray that your word would have its free and course in our hearts and lives. I pray, dear Lord God, that you grant me a fresh anointing for today's task. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are with us. You know exactly what we're going through in our hearts. Lord, we ask that you cleanse us and wash us thoroughly and make us fit vessels for your service. And Lord, I will purpose in our hearts that we are going to stand with you and that we are going to live holy in this sinful world. And Father and God, if there be one here who is not a born-again believer in Christ, may this one be saved. And know the joys of sin forgiven be a part of your family. And be willing to take that three days journey and to break with the world and its ungodliness. That we separate ourselves unto you, holy, and so that we may be acceptable in your sight. Father, defeat the forces of evil and have your way in our lives and our hearts. These mercies we ask through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Amen. I'd like you to send your thoughts on the subject, making a clean break. I suppose that you would have heard of Jonathan Edwards and the Great Awakening. He was pastoring a small church many, many years ago in Massachusetts with a very small population of about 1,100 people. 
It is said that one night, a lady who was well known to be the greatest sinner in that little town, she came forward and received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. But Jonathan Edwards was skeptical about accepting her into the membership of the church, fearing what people would say that it would damage the reputation of the church. Nevertheless, he eventually accepted her into the membership, and she made a clean break with a sinful past. And within six months, 300 people were saved as a result of the fact that this great sinner turned her life to Christ and make a clean break with the world. And the rest is history. So many people, including some believers, are trapped in some form of bondage. Many are in despair because they have tried so hard to give up and to make a clean break and to live for God, but are unable to do so. But there is hope for all. Often, it is only knowing the truth that will make you free. I want to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself, why should I be living in bondage when I can be free? Joseph was dead. And uh, the new Pharaoh, he did not know the Lord. So he said, he said, I don't know the Lord. So he became very arrogant and very hard and harsh on the people of God and had them living in bondage for many years. They cried unto the Lord. And the Lord sent Moses to lead them out of bondage. After much difficulties, Pharaoh agreed that he would let them go and worship God, but don't go too far. And by the way, only the adults will be able to go to worship, but you leave the children with me. I'm going to take care of them. And by the time you come back, they would not know, not even you know your God. Moses said to him, in essence, everybody is going to church and we are going to take a three days journey. Amen. Amen. And, Mo and uh, Pharaoh, there is no coming back. We are making a clean break with you and with Egypt. Pharaoh was willing to negotiate the terms and conditions on which they would serve their God. But Moses said, there are no terms and there are no conditions. We are leaving. Today, the devil and his gang 
are offering you the same compromise that Pharaoh was making with Moses and the children of Israel. God is saying to you, come out from among them. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, we look at it, look at it a little later. But he said, we have to come out from among them and, and separate yourself and touch not the unclean things and I will receive you. It is said that compromise is the soul of diplomacy. It is the idol of clever leaders, people like Putin and them. They said that compromise is the oil that caused the wheels of the world to run smoothly. But in Christianity, and with your relationship with God, there is no such thing as compromise. You know, we talk about in marriage, you make people compromise. Well, you might make people compromise in your marriage to get the wheels run smoothly. But when it comes to your relationship with God and your Christianity and your worship, there is no such thing as compromise. None whatsoever. Moses said in substance to Pharaoh, there is no room for compromise. We are making a clean break and we are not coming back. That three days journey that Moses talked about to Pharaoh is symbolic of the three days journey that every Christian must take. Salvation, water baptism, and the observation of all things. And there is no room for a negotiation or compromise when it comes to your relationship with God and salvation, baptism, and the three days journey. There is no room for negotiation, no compromise. Say what you want. Pharaoh, do what you want. The Pharaoh of the world today will tell you, yeah, you could go ahead and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But remember, you were Christian as a baby. Utter nonsense. You cannot travel to any part of the world and take the second step before you take the first step. The world has it all upside down. If you're going to travel, the first thing you must do, you're going on a long-distance journey. Australia, New York, London. The first thing you need to do is to make a reservation. You cannot take the flight and then make the reservation. Things must be in their proper order and perspective. And you have to realize that there is no room or place for compromise with respect to your Christian duty. There is no place or compromise with your time out for worship. There is no place for compromise in the matter of your morality. There is no place for compromise with respect 
to your children's education, your secular education, and your religious education. Children must go to school and learn. Amen? Amen. With the same breath, children must go to church and learn. Amen? I know some of you are not going to want to say amen. If children must go to school and learn, children must go to church and learn. Amen? And there is no room for compromise when it comes to going to school without an education. Children, you are better off in this world. You got to learn to read and write. And with the same breath, children, you are better off if you do not have a religious education. Some people are willing to compromise and, or they don't have to go to church. They could stay home and worship. Go ahead. Number five, there is no place for compromise with respect to Bible doctrine. I know some people are not going to like that. And time will not permit me to get into that, but um, the Apostle Paul warned, be careful. Be careful with your doctrine. Doctrine is very important. I've been to meetings, interdenominational meetings, where they've said, we're going to have to put away our doctrine and get together. There is no such thing. Brethren, our doctrine must be right, and if our doctrines are together, then we could meet and fellowship. Amen? One pastor said one time, we got to learn to preach without doctrine. What nonsense! You can educate children, but don't teach them. That's what they're saying in essence. And from there I decided, I am not coming back to any of these meetings because I'm not listening to any nonsense. How can anybody preach a sermon without doctrine? If you say that Jesus Christ said, that's doctrine. If you say that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's doctrine. If you say that God is omnipotent, that's doctrine. Everybody must be in agreement that, that God is omnipotent. And this is a trick of the devil when pastors are going to tell you, we got to learn to preach our doctrine. So in other words, you get up and preach a wordless sermon. Whatever come out of your mouth concerning the Bible and concerning God and concerning doctrine, the doctrine of salvation. The doctrine of water baptism. How can you preach a sermon without doctrine? It upsets me and annoys me when I hear such nonsense. And you know what that is? Feeble compromise. Let's move on. Number six. These are just side points. This is not the main thing. So don't worry if you didn't get them. I could give you them after. There is no place... For compromise when it comes to your soul salvation. Amen. 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 The doctrine of salvation. You cannot preach without the doctrine of salvation. You shall recall that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said basically the same thing 
to Nebuchadnezzar what Moses said to Pharaoh. Daniel said the same thing. In the lion's den I will go. Because there is no room for negotiation and compromise. And you shall recall that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego last Sunday, they said, oh king, please stop, 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 stop. The king was making provisions so that they could escape, you know. And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Daniel, um, Nebuchadnezzar, please save your breath. There is going to be no compromise. There is going to be no negotiations. We are going into the fiery furnace. And if we burn, we burn. And this is what Christians have to do in these times. You have to take a stand when it comes to your morality. And people are willing to negotiate with you. Hey, listen, if you go to bed to me, with me, I'll marry you. Say, so keep you married. <laughs> keep your ring. There is no negotiation. I'm not going to bed with you until you put that gold ring on my finger or diamond, whichever you prefer. And young people have to develop some backbone. And gentlemen, you do. When the men, when the ladies give you the eye, turn your head the next way. <laughs> Tell them I'm not ready yet. And turn your eyes upon Jesus. I believe that there could be another great awakening, and there is need for another great awakening. Do you know that the last great awakening was um, what it was? 17, 17 from 22 leave what? 17 from 22. Hello? Five? Oh my God. That's 500 years ago. Brethren, we need another great awakening. Listen. A great awakening could start with one person, one sinful sinner, known as the great sinner in that community, turning a life to Christ. An old rotten sinner who the pastor did not even want to accept in his church, in spite of the fact that she received Jesus Christ because, like the woman at the well, and reluctantly, she was received into the church and looked like people said, listen, if she could get saved, me could get saved too. Jesus saves not only from the uttermost, but he saves from the guttermost. Those who are down in the gutter. And when they come out and take a clean break, people will observe it. But if you are religious, people are not going to observe anything really. But when you are down and out, people will observe, look what God has done for her. I believe there could be another great awakening starting right here at Shiloh. If the people of Shiloh, if we'll make a clean break with the devil and the world. And then it goes to the whole island of Nevis. Just like in that little town back in Massachusetts. Back in the 17th something, whatever it was, 1730, whatever it was. And then, from this little town, Charleston, perhaps the smallest town in the Caribbean, there could be a great awakening to the large cities in Jamaica and Trinidad and Barbados. Something starting in Nevis. Won't you like to see it start today?
We just have to make a clean break. Sometimes I wonder if this generation has already made a pact with the devil like Haiti has done. And that we are going to worship, but we are going to leave our children at home. You leave your children at home with a cell phone and internet all over the place. And um, what do you think them call the um, thing that you have there? Um, you don't remember the name. Tablet. Tablet. Brethren, the only tablet that you need to leave your children at home with is some aspirin just in case they don't feel too good or they don't get better. But you leave them with this big tablet and internet and thing. What do you think they're going to be home doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you, my dear. A little child shall lead them. <laughs> Moses would have made the biggest mistake of his life. And Moses would have missed God's blessings if he did compromise with Pharaoh. Moses would have never known what it was to see the Red Sea open in front of them and walking through the Red Sea. Only eternity will tell the blessings that you have lost because you refuse to make a clean break with the world and cross the Red Sea. For those of you who are writing, here is what I want you to write. Number one, in keeping with our subject, making a clean break. If you wish to come out as gold and in keeping with our theme, you need to make a clean break from addictions. This world and this age is the addiction age. People are addicted to everything except water. The only thing that you need to be addicted to is water and a little food to keep you alive. But some people, when I tell them about food, they say they're addicted to food and they just keep eating, 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 eating. And they eat all day. If you are addicted to water, you can't go wrong. Water is life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Titus chapter 3 and verse 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Get ourselves involved in all kind of addiction. Disobedient. Deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Some people are addicted to pleasure. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. People's heart are filled with hate and they want to bring it into the church. Christians need to break. From any form of addiction, I am not going to take the time to talk about the addictions that are in the world. You know them. But particularly, drugs and booze. I cannot understand for the life of me how could anybody be addicted to drugs and booze. Number two, 
wish to come out as gold, you need to make a clean break with bad habits. Habits that are not necessarily sinful. But according to Romans 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so yield your members' servants to righteousness and holiness. Amen. Amen. Verse 20. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. But now you are in righteousness. You should be free from sin. Amen. And you don't have to sin daily. Some people think that because you are not sinless, you have to sin daily. No, you don't. Christians got to learn to live days upon days without committing sin, acts of sin. You may sin by thought, but you don't have to sin by deed. Because evil thoughts will cross your mind. And sometimes you cannot help it because of what your eyes see. And that is why the Lord said, if it is necessary, if your eyes offend you, pluck them out. Amen? Well, don't pluck out your eyes really, but you know. Thank you. Thank you, darling. <laughs> but that's the seriousness of the matter. That if your eyes, you just can't, can't control your eyes and you don't know how to shut them, well, dig them out. Sometimes you have to close your eyes to avoid temptation. Sometimes you have to look the other way. Number three. If you wish to come out as gold, you need to make a clean break with bad memories. Bad memories will defeat you. Bad memories will destroy you. Ephesians 3, 21 and 23. I will not take the time to read that right now. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Perhaps we'll come back to that, but I'm not sure. But you want to write them down and read them for yourselves. Wonderful reading that you put out of your mind. Listen, let's take the time to read it. Ephesians 4, 21, 22, and 23. It says, And be renewed in, your, in the spirit of your mind. Wherefore, that is Ephesians 4, verses, what did I say? Okay, Ephesians 4, 23, and 24. Or let's read verse 21 for good backup. Ephesians 4, 21, 22, and 23. 24 also, but I'm not sure if time will permit. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former conversations or conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24. And that he put on the new man. Amen. Amen. Break with the old man. Which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. Turn also to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, beautiful verses. Wherefore, brothers and sisters, brethren, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Amen. Don't get drunk about anything. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you. At the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. Break with the old habits of the past, the habits of the old man, whatever they might be. Number four, if you wish to comfort as gold, you need to make a clean break with slavery. A lot of people are in slavery and they don't know it. And all they could think about is the slavery of yesteryears uh, being brought from Africa. And some say they want to go back to Africa. It looks like they want to go back in slavery. Galatians 5 and verse 1. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But rather, be renewed in your minds. And tell yourself that Jesus Christ has made you free. And the Son has set you free. You are free indeed. And you need not live in bondage anymore. Turn to Galatians 1, 5 and 1. And Galatians 4, 7 through 9. If you can turn to it very quickly. That is Galatians 4. Verses 7, 8, and 9. Wherefore, thou art no more a slave or a servant, but a son. Amen? And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when he knew not God, he did service unto them which by nature are not gods. But now, after that he have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn he then again to the weak and beggarly elements of the world? Whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? Come on, man. Jesus Christ has set you free. Why are you being bondage to sin and the devil? Number five. If you wish to comfort us gold, make a clean break from hard life. Some people are living a hard life and they think, man, things are so cool. Sin destroying their bodies the soul, their minds. 
and they think that the Christian life is too hard. This is an oxymoron. This is a paradox. People living in sin and being knocked about seem to think that things are so cool. And they do not understand what Jesus Christ meant when he said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 20, uh, 29 and 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come out of hard life. You're being knocked about and tossed about, and you're being tossed to and fro with everything and every wind of doctrine. Man, it's time that you get to know Christ and live the easy life. And when I say easy life, I don't mean that you'll be free of temptation and that you'll be free of difficulties. But Satan will, you'll not be enslaved to Satan and you'll not be enslaved to anybody. And you see yourself as free and God is able. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest to your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. People in sin seem to think that Satan's burden is light, and Jesus Christ's burden is hard. They don't understand that the fire the trials and the fiery trials are to make you as gold. Remember we said last Sunday, fire softened to you, give you a soft heart. You become a loving person. And then when it cools off, you develop a spine that is strong to bear anything that comes at you. Number six. If you wish to come forth as gold, you need to make, make a clean break with bad company. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 unto the end, and chapter 7, and verse 1. And I want you to look at that. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And a um, passage that everybody should be well acquainted with. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them. Who is to them? And be separate unto the Lord. Amen. No compromise. No feeble compromise. Thus saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Verse 18. I will be a father unto you. And he shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Verse 17, which should have been verse 19. Sorry, verse 1 of chapter 7, which should have been verse 19. It says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Finally, number 7. If you wish to comfort us gold this year, Make a clean break from traditions. Some people are tied up with tradition. And tradition is this and tradition is that. And this is what my parents used to do. And this is what the traditions say. And this is what the tradition is. Maybe that is good for food. 
But when it comes to living, you can't be living on tradition. Things are moving so fast. If you see seriously and you think that you can't break with tradition, get your old typewriter. I had an old typewriter that I did not want to part with. And one day, the children bought me a computer. I'm just telling them, you all are going to throw away the, computer, the typewriter, you know? And I argue with them and say, how could a computer be faster than a typewriter? In my ignorance. And I had to part with the thing. And I put it in a basement. Because I thought that one day I'll have to come back to it. And this young man here took my typewriter and threw it away. <laughs> threw it in the garbage. I said, Daddy, there is no going back. Then I had my flip phone. And they tell me that I got to get rid of my flip phone. But I think there is no going back to any flip phone. I had to break with those things. But I think there are certain habits and things that you need to break with. First Timothy 4, verse 7. But refuse profane and all wise fables, amen, and exercise yourselves rather unto godliness, amen, amen, hallelujah. Finally, Colossians 3, verse 1 to 10, which we read already for scripture reading. I will not read all of it in the interest of time, but it says here, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things upon the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Put away fornication. Some people think that they can't live without fornication. Yes, you can. You can. Some people think that they cannot live without, without, live without adultery. Yes, you can. You're a Christian and find yourself cheating on your husband and your wife. You need a good dose of salvation. Your heart is dark. You want to cheat, but the person can't cheat on you. And shouldn't be either. Neither way. Uncleanness, inordinate affection, inordinate affection. You know what inordinate affection is, right? Men with men. Inordinate. Ridiculous. What a nonsense. How can a man leave the natural use of a woman according to the Bible? This is not me. This is the Bible. And turn men with men. Nasty. Evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, which sings sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience because they refuse to break with these nonsense and ugly practices and tradition in the which he also walk in some time past when he lived in them, 
But now we also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that he have put off the old man with his deed. Break with him! And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that has created you. I believe that there is somebody here today who is living in some kind of bondage. Perhaps you have struggled long and hard. Well, today is deliverance time. It is absolutely true that if Jesus has made you free, you are free indeed. If you are still in bondage to anything, you're still addicted to sinful practices, then you need a dose of salvation. And you need to break and let people know that you are done with that. And now, you are with Christ.